This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the spoiler room. And here we are live in the spoiler room this past weekend, that big, huge event film, or as we've been calling it, that small little micro-indie film that's been getting huge buzz on the internet, Mr. Avengers the Age of Ultron appeared this past weekend. A uh, big, huge box office, and I've got a huge spoiler crew assembled tonight to uh, talk about what? Assembled. <laughs> assembled. What? What's so funny? What? Avengers, assemble. Come on. Yeah, I know. That's why I said it. Awesome. I'm glad you killed Paul. And that voice you heard, sure, we have Paul back in the spoiler room. How are you today, Paul? I'm doing great. Good to hear. And Glenn is back as well in the spoiler room. Hello, Glenn. How are you, the BFD himself? Good. He's good. All right. <laughs> diva, the diva of the spoiler room is here. Dawn, how are you? Okay. <laughs> Mr. Cole Meredith joins us once again. How are you tonight, sir? Awesome. Ready to rock. Fantastic. And we have Mr. Scott Davis himself has graced us with his presence this evening. Hello, sir. Hey. <laughs> and what spoiler <laughs> event of Ultra discussion wouldn't be complete without Mr. Tiger Power himself, Tony Estrada, back with us tonight. Hello, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What's up, you guys? I'm doing great. Well, Tony, I guess, Estrada is our Iron Man. Um, everyone else can pick their favorite Avenger to be. But tonight... America, fuck <laughs> yeah. You, he is... For, 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 for the people just listening to this, Tony has already donned an Iron Man helmet and just held up a Captain America helmet. So in his, uh, in his where he is right now, he could actually have his own civil war. He could have his own Civil War. No, no, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Right now we're talking about Age of Ultron, that wonderful story where we have Tony Stark and Bruce Banner trying to jumpstart a dormant peacekeeping program. Things go awry, and it's up to the Avengers to stop the villainous Ultron from enacting his terrible plans. Let's get some initial opinions from everyone. We've heard the hype. We saw so many clips. Glenn! I'm confused. I thought this movie was about Newland Archer and how he was a New York City socialite in 19th century New York. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's Age of Innocence. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow, getting all literary on us. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Age of Ultron. It was Age of Innocence. This was a movie that I liked. Uh, I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as the original Avengers. Right. I mm -hmm. uh, My big thing is I think they're... And I mean, this this is was an unavoidable thing, but I think you reach a point where you have too many freaking characters, and <laughs> it's, it's not that I can't keep track of them because I, I already know who all these people are from reading the comics. But when it's when you have the fight scenes, it's like let's have two Ace to the second with Captain America. Now over to Thor. Now back over to Captain America. Okay, now we need to get Black Widow in there, and now we have to have some shots of Ultron talking. Now we need Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Oh, back over to Thor. Back over to... Now we need the Hulk. Oh, yeah, we forgot about Hawkeye. He's in this, too. It's just this constant <laughs> between so many different people that uh, I think the the fights lose a little, a little something because mm -hmm. they're trying to, you know, they have to showcase everyone. Well, yeah. You've got to show off how cool everybody is. Whoever was on the marquee, correct? 
<laughs> Dawn, what about you? You had an inter interesting experience since you saw it with a very devout uh, oh, yeah. Avengers fan. So you kind of saw it twice. What about I, you? Your impression yeah, of Avengers? Yeah, I saw it twice. The, the and the thing the thing with me is I need to remember the. Marvel Cinematic Universe is separate from the Marvel Comic Books universes, and I I enjoyed it, but I I do uh, agree with Beth. There was a little bit too much going on, and it was it, as much as I liked it, it it did not have the impact that the first one had. Right. Okay. Cool. Uh, Cole, what about you, sir? Yeah, I I I loved this movie. I mean, I thought it left the original in its dust. I mean, right off the bat, you're able to hit the ground running, and it never stops running. I mean, I remember hating the original, uh, the opening to the original, and I still don't like it that much. I watch it again. I mean, you get a bunch of body possession and a car chase in the dark, and even after that, it it takes a while to set up and. I think the the problems Glenn had with this one, I had with the first. I actually thought this one was a little bit more focused, and maybe that's just because the emotions were a little bit more centered. I mean, you had mm -hmm. Black Widow doing something other than just you know merely hitting on other men. I mean, aside from the action, obviously, you had some genuine emotion there, and um, and you know I love the stuff with Hawkeye and the you know the. The, the little abode out in the country there kind of reminds you what they're fighting for. And I, it was just overall a much deeper film. Even the climax, you know, you always wonder. I read this in another review, but I had this thought watching it. You always wonder what's happening to all these bystanders during all of this mayhem. And I think this film did its best to kind of address that, uh, you know, okay. by having this. You know, I, I just, I like, I think it's a much better film than the first. It's one of the better comic book movies I've seen since the Dark Knight trilogy, for sure. Wow, nice. Okay, and uh, Paul, what about you, sir? I thought it was very formulaic uh, Joss type of movie, <laughs> pretty much. But I did enjoy it. It was an uh, exciting movie. I thought the story was well done. Uh, I thought the acting could have been a little bit better, but it had an outstanding villain, which just made the movie uh, keep moving for me. So that's mm -hmm. that's my big comment. And uh, <clears throat> Scott, what about you, sir? Well, like Don, I also saw the movie twice. The first time I saw it, I really couldn't follow it. And the reason... And most of that reason I'm willing to talk up to uh, it being the fact that I was in this theater opening day I had kids in back of me that wouldn't shut up. Their parents wouldn't shut them up either. We asked met several times. Same thing with people, the kids in front of us who were actually sitting. The parents were sitting in the handicapped chairs and and uh, letting the kids just run throughout the theater. So I couldn't follow anything. I couldn't understand what was going on. And then, uh, but then also part of it was just because it was so complicated. I did see it again. It was a much better experience, much more rewarding, and. I agree. I think the movie's really good. I really enjoyed it a lot. I will say that it doesn't stack up to the first beat for a couple of reasons. One, you're kind of missing the freshness issue because uh, the first time you were um, – it was the first time we'd ever seen a team-up of characters that we had seen kind of peppered 
along these movies over the last few years. It was the first time anybody really tried anything like that it, it, to that great, to that much of an ambitious, you know, extent. And another one is that it is too crowded. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed the film, and I'm looking at the film and saying, you know, it, it packs a lot of action. It's it's an emotional roller coaster, and it gives pretty much everybody a satisfying character arc. That's pretty much all you can ask for, and that's a tall order for any film to accomplish. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'm like, God, I wish. I mean, I even when it takes, even though it took a couple moments to br- let the characters breathe, which was welcome, it felt so packed, and everybody was jumping from location to location. <clears throat> And it's not just the Avengers, it's virtually every secondary Marvel <laughs> hero that we've seen on screen has yeah. at least a cameo in this movie. Yep. And, uh, you know, along with other supporting characters, and then they a- add new characters on top of it. So, <laughs> I mean, we see all these, like, big mashups in the comic books a lot, but of course those are spread out over, like, several different comics and everything. And this one was like all in a big two and a half hour chunk, and I was just like, I kind of wish they gave us a little bit more of a cushion so we could take it all in. But then again, when I look at everything the movie did accomplish, I feel like kind of like a dick for (laughs) criticizing it that much. I'm like, because it did accomplish so much. So I'm like, I really did enjoy it, though. I did enjoy it. And uh, Tony, what about you, sir? I really thought the movie was awesome. Like what pretty much most of you guys are saying, I do think the first one is better. But I still thought this one accomplished a lot in terms of like the tone being different from the first film. You got to get more development, especially when it came from Hawkeye. I mean, that was definitely one of my... Minor little issues with the first Avengers, which I love, just that Hawkeye was underdeveloped in the movie. So the fa- so the fact that Josh Sweden got to fix that issue from the first film is like, thank goodness Hawkeye got what he deserved from the first film. And it was really cool to explore that. And I like the newcomers, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. I thought they added a lot to the movie. <laughs> As well, as well as... <laughs> you mentioned Quicksilver. That's funny. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> and then um, Ultron, I thought, um, you know, he was surprisingly a sarcastic, funny villain, but that actually worked for me. Uh, I He was really entertaining. I really liked Ultron as a villain. And, I mean, he does have the personality of Tony Stark, considering he actually is created by Tony Stark. So... That was that was awesome to see. And then, of course, the action. It's pointless for me to talk about the action at this point, but I love yep. the action. I think it's, it visually looks really stunning, especially with the Hulkbuster suit. And, yeah, I, I was really satisfied with this movie. I got a big old happy a – smi- <laughs> a big old smile on my face. I really did enjoy – I really liked Age of Ultron. Cool. Cool. Well, I'm going to preface this by saying I did – I was entertained – by Age of Ultron, uh, I, I I did find it entertaining. I laughed when he wanted me to laugh, and it was definitely a, a Joss Whedon film. You could feel that. But at the same time, first off, we've got all these video clips that showed online and all these trailers, and it's amazing that this film was two and a half hours, and yet there is footage from those trailers that never showed up in the movie. So, which leads me to think Disney... 
and here's the problem I have. Disney seems to have very tight control because they have everything planned out. And I think if you've read articles recently from Joss Whedon about how he's getting kind of tired of Hollywood, I think that shows up in Age of Ultron. And the reason I say that is because it starts to go dark. They're trying to set a dark tone. They have to. If they're going to do the Infinity War, they're going to do Civil War, they need to get darker. They need to get DC dark, in all honesty. Um, and they haven't been that. That's what everybody's been loving about them. Oh, costume guys. But they need to get dark. And they start to show glimpses of being dark in here. But the minute that happens, it felt like we're getting too dark. Quick, interject joke. Interject <laughs> sarcastic line. Um you know, and, and that took a little bit away from me because I was hoping them, them to stay dark. I, I likened this, I guess the best summary of my feeling of this is, everybody, we just had free comic book day, right? Yep. And you got comic book days. And they had those Secret War issues that came out. Read those. Fantastic. Give you a little sample, some great action sequences, some meat to characters, but not a huge amount. Here, here, glimpse, glimpse, glimpse. This felt like a free comic book day version of Avengers. It felt like I got all these good bits, but there's parts where there's more that seemed missing for me um, that I wanted to see explore more. And I think Joss might have even had them in there, and they might have been cut for the action scenes. It, it just felt to me like it's a middle film. If that makes any sense, it, it, this this really felt like a middle film. It felt like the two towers of the DC Marvel universe because you've got these great things happen. You've got all these characters introduced. They're setting up all things for Phase Three, and that felt like the huge purpose of this movie was actually to set up the next set of films. Oh, I'd say so. Excuse Mark, for a second there, I, was th I thought you were going to compare it to the second Matrix movie. No, no, I'm not. I, I, I liked it a lot more than that. No. Um, but <laughs> to me, it felt, I know there were five films like before it or whatnot, but this really felt like a middle film, like its sole purpose was to set up the Phase 3, whereas the first one, while it was meant to face, it didn't feel like a setup film as much. You, you felt like it was telling a complete story, and you knew the events there were going to re, you know, reverb through the movies afterwards, but it didn't feel like it. And I will say that Joss did a great job of playing off the trope. Let's talk about this. How many people here, uh, say I, thought they were going to kill Hawkeye? Yep. I. 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 <laughs> it was Joss. I, too. Give me a break. They were showing. He's I, got didn't, a... I, I didn't because the big, uh, huge emotional spoiler was, uh, was a huge emotional uh, thing that happens was yeah. actually spoiled for me ah. beforehand. Oh. Somebody at random in a in a in a in a comment thread on Facebook that was not even related to this movie oh, just, just went oh and boom. <clears throat> Just to be a oh, dick. Rah. Just so, to be a dick. And so I would. So yeah, I, I. When I say I hate troll behavior, I mean I really hate troll behavior because there is no reason to do it other than to be a dick and ruin things for other people. Wow. That's what I consider troll behavior. That, yeah. that sucks. And, and everybody and, else in the theater is like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Yeah, I fucking know." That <laughs> sucks. And and for me, 
you know, I know we've seen the casting for, and this is where I, a whole other argument of, of Marvel planning out these movies till the end of time is that it, lead, it, it removes some of the mystery of who's going to survive. But I shut my brain off in that going into this film, and the way they set it up, Dawn, tell me Joss was not playing along and trying to lead you to think he was going to kill Hawkeye. Regardless of what, regardless of knowing the you know casting of films after this one, he, he, he was definitely playing with that. But as as Paul had said, he was typical formulaic jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually no reason, no real reason for anybody, <laughs> any of the characters, to die in this movie except to have somebody die. Right. Because he can do that. He's he's Joss God, um, <laughs> and the whole and and the whole bumper sticker, the Jarvis is my co-pilot bumper sticker thing. Yes. That that whole thing was set up as, uh, in my opinion, um, as the foreshadowing that somebody had to die. Right. Nobody needed to die after all the crap that they did to get that character in the film to begin with <laughs> there was no freaking reason for it they should just and I realized that that's what John does no there was Josh a reason the, the reason was for Scarlet Witch to then get mad so she could kill a whole bunch of robots all at once <laughs> see that's, and that's and what's funny, funny the actor was afraid that he would get locked in the Marvel like machine of you have to get like 12 films you know and he was afraid of that, and I think no, that no, no, they no. needed to convince him that we'll, we'll we'll kill you off your character in the first movie. The uh, I think it's no, I think it's something more simple than that, and it's just the it's just Joss. It's uh, the <laughs> this is. You know, I actually disagree when you say that, that when you guys say that this is a very much a Joss Whedon film. I think that his uh, stamp is definitely evident, but I'd say it was muted somewhat from like say like the first film. Uh, the uh, what he, I mean, I mentioned this on one of these shows before. I know when Joss is in a place too long and he gets antsy, he just starts saying, "I'm going to kill somebody. I'm going to kill somebody. I'm going to like these characters. Whoa, I'm going to kill them." And he just starts getting really dark, and he just starts killing people indiscriminately. So I knew one of these guys is going to go. <laughs> See, that, that was my feeling on this. Of, oh, it was. It felt like a Joss Whedon film, but he had Disney executive producers and Marvel <laughs> map guys for the universe hovering over his shoulder going, uh, uh, no, you can't do that. Well, that's We've got to cut that. I actually cut you know? that. Yeah, and I touch upon that in uh, my uh, uh, my review that I posted today on uh, Moviocrity.com along with a lot of other great stuff. <laughs> hey, guys, how are you? And um, the, is that I said like the first film was a culmination. It was a culmination of all these little like bits that we'd see from Iron Man. And then they kind of teased the Avengers, like oh my gosh. And then the Incredible Hulk did it. And then they teased Thor and this other one. And the, you know, and they did all that stuff teasing. And Avengers was the culmination. Now we've seen like evidence for the next Avengers led up to this, and we know that this film is not just a movie. It's also the foundation on which the next like three or four years worth of films is going to be built upon. So they kind of take on uh, that they the films don't just have to support <clears throat> themselves; they have to support the next three years worth of material. Right. 
and that, that that's why I said it kind of felt like a middle film. Uh, it, you know, Cole, did it surprise you who got killed in here, uh, especially considering they kind of had hype around the Quicksilver character? Um, I, well, sure. I mean, it's I, called spoiler room, guys. Thing, so I, go into, <laughs> I go into a comic book movie to see a comic book movie. I mean, comic book movie, comic books are not. There's a there's a theory that comic books are easily translated to film, and that's been proven wrong. I yes. mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. not true. <laughs> the the layout of comic books is not conducive. It doesn't lend itself well to film for the exact reasons that you guys are talking about. It has to grow exponentially, and you've got to develop subplots that can turn into main plots if the fans like them, and and all of these different things. So. It, when a comic book film succeeds, it amazes me. I remember the dark ages between Superman 4 and Tim Burton's Batman. <laughs> I remember the dark ages between Batman and Robin and Batman Begins. We didn't have anything like this. Mm-hmm. So when I review a comic book movie, I remember those days very clearly. And this is a, you know, this is a fantastic landmark. Now, in terms of uh, the death, you know... No, it didn't surprise me. Obviously, in a film like this, somebody is is gonna go. <laughs> you, you have to, or or you, both your critics and fans. I mean, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Right. You, you come at you and say the film is safe. It didn't go the extra mile, and then if you kill them, people are gonna say, well, what 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 the f? It was my favorite character. So, <laughs> you know, it didn't surprise me. I, but I thought it was poignant, and I thought the mm-hmm. scene, as Glenn mentioned, I thought the scene after it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Th- that's another thing I dig. The special effects in this film are solid. There are some CG movies you can watch 10, 15 years down the road, not many, but some that hold up. You know, the, Jura- the first Jurassic Park is, is one of them. Dark City is another one of them. There are a few that last, and I think... This one is going to. I mean, the, the original Avengers already, there's stuff in there to me that seems dated. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how this one will hold up in terms, and not just in terms of special effects, in terms of story um, and, and whatnot. But to answer your question, no, I, I wasn't really surprised. They were unbreakable siblings. As, yeah. as a dramatic storytelling device, they had to probably split them up. Well, well, not only that, but the trailer ruined it for me. As they were doing the big epic final fight with the robots, I'm sitting here going, what's going to cause Scarlet Witch to go out and do that whole dramatic slow-mo, drop-to-your-knees scream thing? And I'm watching, and as the film goes on, it's just as it starts, they're, they're featuring Quicksilver more and more, and I'm like, they're going to kill him, aren't they? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, they're going to kill him, and that's what sets her off. And, and sure enough, they did. Um, you, you know, I predicted it like 10 minutes before it happened. The problem that I had with his death was the way they did it and the way they set up these superheroes, he didn't have to die. He, exactly. he, he, he did. I know, I, know, I know he did for dramatic. I know they needed, because they needed Scarlet Witch to get badass and rip Ultron's heart out. I, I know why it happened, but if you actually look at the logistics of it and, and superhero whatever logic, he didn't have to. He could have easily pushed the car in the way and not be in the way of the bullets. Right, right. absolutely. But here, but let's also let's also remember two things. One, the guy, the character is not a big thinker. 
in this movie. <laughs> uh, so he kind of maybe su- suffers from Charlie's Theron and Prometheus syndrome. Like, ah, just go to the Oh, line. my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but uh, also, uh, like you guys were mentioning, that they were tr- almost setting up uh, the Hawkeye thing. And the thing was that they did because they gave Hawkeye such a wonderful <laughs> and emotionally fulfilling backstory. And they saw him kind of defeated, like, I gotta go back, I gotta save one more. And I'm sure there were a lot of uh, people in the audience like, oh, Joss, you ass, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And, you know, he does it, and, and when they, well, he doesn't do it, but then Quicksilver swoops in and delivers that line, you know, which was repeated. You didn't see that coming. That character is is talking to the audience as much as he's talking to Hawkeye. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, I I think that that was like I wish I could have been along with that with that experience. That must have been a lot of fun until instead Dick had or internet troll. Decided <laughs> 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 to spoil it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it was it was one of those things. Like you said, again, I I. I don't think this was a horrible movie by any means, but it's just it's these things that showed up. Like I'm like a, a friend of mine said that it was just too dense of a film. It was a very dense film, uh, but it's so it's so huge, it's so crowded, it's so cramped that even I mean even at two hours and twenty one minutes, which is actually like two minutes shorter than the first one, they pa- I, 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 I in my review, my review I said they packed in like three times as much. Yes. And so that even though they give everybody everything that you would want in a movie, they even give you a couple breathers in the party sequence in the wonderful safe house sequence. Uh, you kind of want like more of a cushion, like yes. so you're like God, you know. Even if it was like, if you could add like another ten, fifteen minutes, just. Of breathing room. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have to be a mo- people jumping to more locations or anything. Just happens to be moments of people where they're just going, going. Okay, so let's assess. You know, yeah, it, it would help you more. But also, like I say, they did, do deliver so much that I kind of realized that, well, boy, we are kind of spoiled because yeah. <laughs> we had seen I, a movie. I would have been perfectly happy with ten minutes more of James Spader's mad soliloquies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have problems with that character, actually. Really? I we'll, love James Spader we'll, in that we'll, role. We'll talk, yeah. And I'm looking forward we'll, to covering that. I we'll, we'll talk about that. Ultron in a minute uh, here real quick. I just wanted to get uh, – Glenn, how did you feel about uh, – well, uh, with Quicksilver's death, but also just the sheer volume of characters that they did still have in here that they were trying to cover. Was it too dense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was too dense. Because, um, yeah, I mean, you've got all the all the actual Avengers themselves, plus Ultron, plus the, you know, the two new people with the twins, plus you have to have, you know, you have the cameos with, Falcon and uh, Dynomutt and um, <laughs> Nick Fury and Maria Hill and you know War Machine and all that. So there's there's just so much crammed in there and I I I had problems with the story as far as the final act went. Right. And the fact that you had that much of the city up in the sky and they can just you know yeah we'll just you know because it's that easy to evacuate a city. 
<laughs> and yet people complain about how Man of Steel sucked because of he leveled a, a chunk of downtown Metropolis. But don't get me started on that. Uh, I got in a, a bad conversation, well, a, a long discussion on Facebook about that one. But uh, yeah, it, it really was. And, and the Quicksilver death, it uh, it kind of made me feel it, it's 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 like Whedon suffered from what I consider James Cameron syndrome. Yes, and that is. This is how things work until I don't want it to work that way so I can kill someone off. <laughs> yes. And, and you know, it's like you, you see how fast Quicksilver is up until that point, and then all of a sudden he's, he's just not fast enough to push Hawkeye out of the way. I mean, like, he, he couldn't have grabbed zips, both he of zips them. Around, he zips around grabbing people and carrying them, but he can't do that to Hawkeye. He's <laughs> got to push him instead so that he comes to a complete stop. Which he also wouldn't have done, but, but I, mean, the, 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 I mean, I was expecting him to die when when, when he and Scarlet Witch, uh, when they're off separate, I'm like, well, they're not going to kill Scarlet Witch, so they're going to kill they're going to kill Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I felt the Hawkeye thing was it was too easy. It was too easy. If if he had gone that route, I'd been like, really, that's that's lazy, you, you know, yeah. because you you set up this thing where it's like, you know, it, it's like the guy who says, you know. I got two days till retirement, you know. And, yeah. <laughs> or, or the couple that says, "If we get out of this alive, we're getting married." And, those, and the girl is like saying, "Shut up, shut up, shut up." No, we aren't. <laughs> because yeah. So foreshadowing moments, yes. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I still enjoyed it, but there, there were definite issues I had with it. And right, and, uh, and they, they crop up like that, and when you think about it more. Um, so definitely agree on that. Uh, too dense and Quicksilver, it, whether or not he had to actually die or would have died in, in real super life fandom, well, well, I guess it's still up to debate. But, uh, let's, let's talk about Ultron, the big hype with Ultron and, and Spader's character. And, uh, we'll start with Tony because, well, his first name's Tony. And Ultron is based off of Tony Stark. Uh, Tony, how did you feel about Spader? and uh, the way Ultron was written. Well, thanks for recognizing that I'm the creator of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> you dick! <laughs> I like that city! <laughs> no. well, I think, thank, thank, thank you, Scott. You know, it's just me protecting the planet. <laughs> You're probably that internet troll that spoiled it for him, too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I, I pretty much said what I need to say earlier when an Avengers Age of Ultron, but like I did say, he was surprisingly a very sarcastic, um, funny villain. Like, he had that mix of being a little menacing, but being funny at the same time. And I know for some people that won't work, and I can understand that, but for me personally, um, I thought it provided the character a lot of personality to him. And it's what made him very entertaining. And so about Ultron overall, he was a really good villain, and he actually might be my favorite villain in all of Marvel Phase 2. Wow, nice. And uh, Paul, what about you, sir? How do you feel about Ultron and how he was written and, and Spader's, the hype around Spader? Uh, I, I do like him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, love, I love James Spader. Uh, I thought his voice was just perfect for the role. Uh, I didn't like his backstory as much. I didn't like the fact that they tied it into the Chitari. I really thought that they could still tie it into the Ant-Man. They could have said that 
Uh, it was an old program that uh, um, you know the Ant Man had uh, that Pym had originally started a long time ago, and that he had <laughs> taken over. It just I I thought it would have been a better tie into that movie, but I guess they wanted to keep them separated for some reason. Well, because Marvel's trying to ignore they made Ant Man, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> apparently, apparently. Uh, uh, but and, and I thought I thought the idea of of playing him like a like almost like a like a ratty teenager, I, I really liked that. It was like Ultron was this this like, uh, you know, you yeah. made me and and I know better. I know how to fix the world. <laughs> you, you, that's you what I really it, liked yeah. about him. Yeah. yeah. What What about you, Scott? Ultron? Did you like him? And, uh... he, he, no, I didn't. Well, I mean, I no, I, that's not that. That's you know what? I shouldn't say that. I actually liked him okay, but I had a lot of problems with him. And Paul started to hit the nail on the head. Uh, in this movie, Ultron is not a character who is developed and kind of slowly comes into being, develops sentience, and then suddenly comes on this great plan. He basically blinks into existence and immediately starts on his plan. Uh, this is both some of the most interesting things about the character and some of the most problematic in that, unlike the Ultron that maybe you're familiar with from the comic books, uh, this one is a this this creature is a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, be, be, let's face it, the entire events of this whole movie are probably taking a place in less than a week. Right. So I mean, mm-hmm. we are dealing with a child here, and as such, he is behave he behaves very childishly. He flies into a rage whenever anybody invokes the name of his creator. He and he comes up with this plan. Uh. He immediately thinks that he uh, he knows the plan to to, to deal with the world, uh, and honestly, if you look at it, the plan's kind of stupid. <laughs> like that's that's like what kind? What episode of you know? Oh my gosh, what episode of James Bond Jr. did you pull this out of Ultron? <laughs> and it's a uh, it, it's a kind of a stu- it's kind of a stupid plan and stuff. And he and he doesn't have some very obvious contingencies which would make sense to me. Uh, for example, I was like, okay, he can have his sentience everywhere. Why did he put all of his drones in that city? Why wouldn't you like just stash a couple? In other parts of the world, just as a contingency. Well, now we don't know he didn't. We... We're pretty sure because Vision flat out says that you are the last one. Well, that that's true. You're you're right. And then yeah. don't forget, Ultron was having his little daddy issues with Tony. He was having daddy <laughs> issues exactly like they say. He flies into a rage. He get he has a temper, and he's very sarcastic and stuff. So he's you have problems there because he's got a dumb plan. He's kind of He's kind. Of, he's kind of has daddy issues, but you also have the interesting bits of him being this supreme thing that things fancies himself a supreme intelligence, when in fact he's he he doesn't have any experience to back it up. He doesn't have what I'd call a earned education, which, sure. would, which would mean like you can you can read something online, you know, like he's reading all this data and immediately understanding understanding it. Well. When you have an earned education, that means you le- you hear a piece of information, you don't quite get it, then you look at it from another angle, you don't quite get it, and then you look at it from another angle, and oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of an earned education. He doesn't have any of that, and he um, 
And because of that, he is behaving childishly. It's some of the most interesting parts of his character and, and some of the most problematic parts of the character. <laughs> also, I also uh, while I liked the look of him whenever he'd go into the drones, it was kind of more like some of the classic comics. I kind of thought that his um, <clears throat> his uh, main form, <laughs> I thought was kind of silly looking. Yeah, honestly, I <laughs> I think in my review, I think in my re- review, I think I called said he looked kind of like. The Tin Man's pretentious nephew who hangs out, <laughs> who hangs out at the coffee shop and tells the baristas all about the novel that he's working on. And he kind of has that look to him, you know. It's like this, like kind of pretentious hipster Tin Man that's sponsored by Beats by Dre, you know. So. <laughs> wow, Glenn, what about you? You've heard Scott talk and Tony think he's awesome, and Paul liked him. Uh, Ultron, did you like how he was written? And uh, Spader, I think, uh, do you think he was a good fit? I think Spader was a good fit. I I, I feel a bit kind of the same way that Scott does. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this there was just yeah, there was something kind of. I understand, you know, he was they were trying, you know, to, to like he was in a way trying to like mimic Tony Stark mm-hmm. in, in some of his manners and some of the way he talked. But yeah, he came across kind of. Hipsterish. <laughs> it's, it's like I expect like Thor to throw his hammer at him and go, um, random. <laughs> so, um, and Scarlet Witch rips his heart out. That's so ironic. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, the. Um, I mean, I'm hoping he stashed something somewhere because that seems. As smart as they tried to make him be, it seems stupid that he would put all of his eggs in you know one giant flying island city basket. Yeah. Um, and I actually had problem with some of the CG of him. Yeah. The face. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why oh, yeah. do he have lips? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, overall the character. Yeah, I mean, it was it was all right. Um, I think the biggest thing is that. If you if you watch the trailers, mm-hmm. that, he's more menacing in the trailer. That trailers. is not that is not the Ultron you get in the movie. No, you, you get I, him for like the first second where he's like you know no strings on me, and then and then he's off to you know being smarmy and 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 wisecracking. Um, so yeah, it's just it's this. I was so I was so more hoping... sinister and a more menacing Ultron, and I got more of a kind of wise alecky, you know, like yeah. Well, I, I was hoping I was hoping for that line from the trailer because I really liked that line about the hope. I'll think yeah. I'll take that from him first. I'm like I was waiting for that line, and did he say it? Did I miss it? Did I go get popcorn and did he actually say <laughs> that line? Because I don't remember him saying the line in the movie and that line from the trailer about hope, where he'll take that from them first. I love yeah, I don't that remember it in the movie, most but. of the tra- most of the trailers I did not see until today when yeah. I was basically getting I was getting screen grabs of it to, to post along with my review sure. and that's why I was watched watched like about mm-hmm. five different trailers of it today because like I mentioned on when we were doing our show you know it's like uh, which is also you can get on uh, moviocrity.com everybody <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> is that sorry a little pimpage uh, the uh, but. Uh, I mentioned that like after like the second trailer, I just stopped watching trailers for it because yeah. I knew I wanted to see it. I don't want to see anything else. Uh, I mean, I, I noticed that a lot of lines got recut. 
so yeah. that they would combine lines together that were not even in the same scene. <laughs> so yeah. it might, he might it might have been split up in different scenes. Uh, on that same token, I noticed that like some of the TV spots had some of the smarmy Ultron, but the trailers of the theatrical trailers definitely did not. Right. Yep. And uh, Don, your feelings on Ultron? I know your uh, uh, significant other had severe issues with the fact that oh, did he ever, <laughs> Mr. Comic Book? Oh my God! I I'm sorry, Don, but I mean, I when when we were talking about how uh, Ultron was created by Tony Stark, I could almost feel you wanting to interject something. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, be, and, be careful what you say in front of the creator. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was very hard. I, I didn't read as much of the comics as other people did, and God, I wish Brad was here to go off on things. But you know, yeah. you know wishes and shit and all that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, come on. I gave you the straight line, and nobody said language. <laughs> um, I was too busy picturing a T-shirt that said that. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I'm not as I, I I I read some of the comics, but I'm not as familiar with Ultron. So it it wasn't that it wasn't that much of a leap. Tony Stark makes an because he is by nature arrogant, egocentric. It makes sense that he would overstep his bounds and do something Frankenstein and and very easily step into the role of Frankenstein. Yes. it makes mm-hmm. absolute sense. And it was very, very Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster. Oh, yeah. The whole relationship, it absolutely was. Um, and it, it, and taking that personality, those personality bits from Tony rather than Hank Pym, or um, as it turns out, it was actually supposed to be not from Tony Stark, but from the Mind Stone. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, it, the made, it made a little less story. sense. Yeah, yeah, it made a little less sense that he was this snarky, smarmy Tony Stark Jr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which he was trying to be. Yes, you're, you're yes. absolutely, you're absolutely yeah. right. And and it um, made sense that he kind of snapped into existence because he was pre-programmed already as. As Ultron, the 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 way that Stark had programmed him, so it made sense that he already had these kind of preconceived things that were tainted by the Mind Stone, and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Cole, uh, just uh, let me get your final opinion with uh, Ultron and James Spader. Uh, how'd you feel about Spader pick, and then how they wrote Ultron? Well, I mean, it's no secret. Well, maybe it is. I mean, I love James Spader. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's what he does as an actor is not easy to accomplish. I do a, right. a lot of acting just because I'm cheap. I can hire myself for free. But <laughs> what, what Spader does is 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 tricky. He he never takes the easy road. Uh, in terms of the character of Ultron, I mean. To me, I own a vast comic book collection, and I could go in and grab a handful of any comics of any specific character, say Batman, 20 issues of Batman, open them up, read through them, and the character of Bruce Wayne is going to vary from comic book to comic book. Now, maybe not, maybe not drastically, but to be true to a comic, I think, yeah, you should stay in the same universe. You should try. I don't think everybody should make Batman Returns, even though I love that film. On the other hand, 
I, I don't know. I, I think this is a great character. I mean, just to break it down, I mean, compare it to the, the villains in the first Avengers or the yeah. villains anybody from phase one or whatever phase were. I mean, it, it was good. It's a hell of a lot better than Loki in the first one. I like Loki. The problem I have with him as a villain is that really the success of all these films, to me, in my opinion, owes a lot to, to the collaboration between Favreau and Downey Jr., and what they did in that first movie, the sense of comic timing, the action, how the humor was interwoven with the action, and how, at least in the non-Avenger sequels, the action is spread out. It's not gangbusters, wall-to-wall action. So I, I think that the, the villain in the first was a little weaker because it wasn't tied to Iron Man. It was Thor's kind of thing. And I thought that, to me, as a fan of the films, not you know stepping away from the comics, it was disappointing this time. You get Downey right in the middle of that stuff, and, and the best scenes are with him and Ruffalo. In this one specifically, you get the two smartest guys going over ideas that I've never seen done. I don't know ever, if I've ever seen those ideas. In, in a, as, as Don mentioned, uh, the, Franken, the, the Frankenstein's monster thing. Mm-hmm. I really, I really, really liked all that. I, all that worked for me as a viewer. Yeah. And and for me, like I said, I, I guess the Ultron in the trailers is not the Ultron we got in the movie. Uh, I, you know, I was I was thinking someone who'd be a little less smarmy, uh, but everybody here has made a good good uh, argument for or against Ultron or in between. I, I did like Spader. <laughs> I I think it's funny that he's the same guy who played the bookworm in Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it blows me away, uh, and I always love seeing him. And I think his voice was a right choice. Um, oh, I think I like I lot, and a lot of the character you can kind of if I mean a lot, anybody who watches the blacklist, you can see some of that there. Yeah. And you know, each each of his characters is different though, and he so he can he can balance right. the, the creepy and the funny at the same time, and everything like that. I mean, uh, a great movie. That he, it's not even an action film or anything like that, but I think Secretary. Is a fantastic film mm-hmm. that he was in. Oh so. yes, Secretary. Yes, the the actual Fifty Shades of Grey that you should. Yeah, watch. much um, with a much better version. <laughs> but um, yeah, well they they did motion they did motion capture him quite a bit, um, and, and they did record him doing the dialogue in that, and I guess doing the motions, and he was on set for reading. He was blog. on that, yeah. So you know they had him there to help interact, which I think helps. Especially, yeah. you know, keep the feel of Ultron there. Um, you, you know, for me, I, I, I like my I like my villains a, a bit dark, and it really felt that, uh, yeah, I was hoping for a little bit more uh, a darker uh, uh, Ultron than the smarmy Ultron. Though they set it up in the film, and it makes sense. It, it, it does confound me, though, that here we have Marvel. This is your property. You have this rich history. And, yes, you can do alternate origins, but they didn't necessarily have to either. They still could have did the angle with Tony Stark and still given a nod to, to Hank Pym him for uh, initially coming up with the idea and then having Stark take the arrogance going, well, Pym couldn't do it, but I can with this and do the arrogance. And they still could have did that angle and still kept the origin, I think, tied to Pym and tied to Ant-Man because you've got Pym in Ant-Man, which, you know, we finally saw a nice trailer in the theater just before Avengers. It's like, oh, now we're acknowledging we made this film. Uh, but 
you know, it, it confounded me that they didn't do that when they could have, and it wouldn't have taken anything away from this film. But again, it really felt like Joss was a bit neutered in this movie. Uh, with where he maybe wanted to go, which makes me interested to see the Blu-ray when it comes out and the extended version, which I'm sure there probably is. There uh, is. They've already announced that it's going to be an extended cut. It's like it's, three hours or something, isn't it? I don't. I haven't read what how long the extended cut is. Uh, I'd be happy if it's just, a, just like ten minutes longer. I don't but, know. But I know it, they also have an alternate ending on there and everything too. Yeah, but it it did it just felt a little neutered to me. Uh, again, I I didn't hate the film by any means, but it, it did feel feel neutered, and so did the. Uh, character of Ultron a bit. Now, uh, one of the final things I want to talk about, everybody's talked about here, so they, everyone here's mentioned it. I'm going to say right now, I saw the 2D, I didn't see the 3D. Did everybody here see a 3D version of it, or the 2D? 2D. Um, 2D? I saw 3D. I'm, I'm going to put this out right now. The special effects I thought were actually better in Avengers than they were in Age of Ultron. <laughs> um, and I may get blasted for it, but I'm going to tell you right now, outside of the slow-mo, cool trailer scene they have with all five, all, all, all the Avengers or whatever showing up and doing a different pose as they're blind, when they were first going through that woods, that CG... Sucked. Thank you. Sucked. Yes. The person, the, person I was, the person I was with the first time I saw it said the same thing. The the opening battle, which is supposed to grab you and suck you in, for me, I'm looking at this going, wow, this CG looks sloppy. <laughs> it did. And I don't know why. So I'm not off on it. It, it was... Uh, I mean, the rest of the film looked better, but that opening scene from them until they got to the base really felt poorly done. Uh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Paul. Go I was ahead, just going to say, they spent most of their money on Veronica that they <laughs> they couldn't spend it on a simple <laughs> jump scene, you know, like, ooh, I look like Mario. <laughs> well, it's a, well that, and that's it exactly, is that it's a tracking shot, it's a computer-enhanced tracking shot mm-hmm. uh, showing everybody doing their own thing. And I enjoyed the set, and I did like, okay, the, the special effects are wonky. Because of the nature of the shot, it kind of looked like a video game. <laughs> it did. It did. It, it, I mean, I, Glenn, what about you? Did you feel like that opening was poorly done? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and when the second they did that slow-mo jump, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, this is the shit that happened. Who said it was like a video game? This is the shit that happens in a video game that takes me out of the video game when you get that slow. It's like I'm, you know, playing like a first-person shooter type thing, or, or uh, when I'm playing out State of the Cave with zombies, and you're you're wailing on something, all of a sudden it does that. You go for that kill shot, all of a sudden it goes all that that super slow, and I'm like, no, you're stop. You're wait- I only have so much time to play games. I don't want to spend nine seconds on just one scene. What half the Matrix wrought? Yeah. <laughs> Tony, what about you? That opening CG, uh, did you think it looked okay, or did you did you notice that it looked less than than adequate? <clears throat> I thought it still looked really good. Like uh-huh. yeah, like yeah, the rest of the movie did look better. I'll I'll give you all guys that. But I mean, I still really thought the CGI did look really good. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you. Um, I even look back at other films sometimes to see, okay, maybe it's not the best thing. 
But when I look back at other films, like The Legend of, er- of Hercules... <laughs> oh, did you have to really say that bad. movie, Tony? Did you, did you Razor whips. Oh, Tony. Okay, Tony. Yeah, Tony. All right, you've got me there. Yes, the CG in the opening of Avengers looked better than Legends of Hercules, but yeah. so did the last shit I took. Pardon my friend. Uh, anyway. I about the same way. So. That's so real. So yeah, I, oh yeah, I did. I did like the opening scene. I mean, uh, it was over the top. I was actually to grab his like little motorbike or whatever it is and just throw it at those men right there. I'm like, holy shit, he actually did that. Yeah. Captain cool. <laughs> well, America has powers. <laughs> yeah, it's all. It's all like. It's all like they were on freaking cocaine in that opening scene. <laughs> They all drink it. Quick, 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 quick. They all drink a case of Red Bull before they got started. I mean, you do, you do, get, you do, get, you do get one of the best lines I've heard in a comic book film, though. And that's the, your men can hold them. Uh, they're the Avengers. It's <laughs> like, no, my men can't hold them. They're the freaking Avengers. Yeah. That, that line was really well done and timed and everything because yes. it was just the way they did that. That I really love too. It's just like, can your men hold them? They're the Avengers. Uh, no. Uh, Cole or Don, anything to add about the. We're the cocainers. <laughs> Don or, or Cole, anything to add about those special effects in the opening? They uh, Are we off? Were they a little less than stellar than the rest of the film? or? I, you know, I, I just watched the first one again last night, and I, you know, I've seen this new one twice, and I, to my eye, it's light years beyond the first mm-hmm. one. Um, I, I, you know, I, I've watched them all now since I, right. I watched this new one because I got reinvigorated. I was actually getting bored. Uh, neither of the Thors really were good to my liking. New Captain America was definitely better than the first. Again, I thought it maybe could have used some fine-tuning, but I, this movie, now I'm excited again. Uh, mainly, the effects, I like that, all that opening stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really well done, and it sets up. You know, the style of that scene to me, aside from now that everybody is introduced and now we can jump right into it, which is what they should have done, uh, yeah. this, the style of it to me signals that it's a different film. The way that mm-hmm. that opening scene is staged to me seems signals immediately this is going to be a deeper, more emotional journey. It's going to be darker, mm-hmm. you're going to get deeper characters, and you're going to get a better film. That's what the opening did for me. Sure. For and Don, what about you? Anything to add or? Not really. No. <laughs> I know. Um, I'd read that uh, this film, Age of Ultron, had the most uh, computer graphic special effects, um, even more so than Guardians of the Galaxy had had, and blah blah. Interesting trivia, <laughs> but I, I'm, you know, I'm a practical effects girl. Yeah, me too. Um, CG is. CG is CG. It's always impressive, but I have no real opinion. Oh, okay. Um, speaking of CG, one of the final things we want to talk about, I'd like to talk about, is the Hulk and the the extra characters we get introduced. Let's talk about the Hulk just a little bit, and uh, I just want to get anyone can chime in. Uh, I saw some criticism online. Someone said that they kind of neutered the Hulk wow. a bit in this. Ah! 
as far as his character goes. The lullaby and all that? Um, oh, I don't think so. I com- think compared, ha- compared to the way he was in the first one, how did you feel how they handled the Hulk? Because everybody loved how they handled the Hulk in the first one, but in this one, people seem to have issues. I'm not saying I agree with them. I'm just, I want to get everybody's feeling of how they handled the Hulk in this because he still really hasn't had his own decent standalone film. I well, I liked I liked I actually liked Incredible Hulk a lot as a, as a oh, yeah. I thought it was great but uh, but uh, this, no I thought the Hulk was fine I think I think that if he I think that if he was in a situation where he was going he knew he was going to be working with this group <clears throat> even though as they say he didn't wasn't planning on a code green as they call him yeah. you know he's going to have to figure out a way like okay just in case something whammies me i'm going to have to have a way to be talked down right i'm going to and and i think that he would have done i mean it, god throughout like how many decades of comics they have tried every single thing they can imagine to how do we chill the hulk out and <laughs> Honestly, they pretty much got it down to a science, and so I th- that they would have this thing. No, I thought that was very practical. Is that he had contingency plans? He had the lullaby, and if that didn't work, he had Veronica, Veronica which Veronica. we all which we all know better as Hulkbuster. Hulkbuster. You know, so uh, yeah, I mean, no, that, it, it, it made sense to me, and I actually liked the uh, emotional storyline that he had mm-hmm. uh, with. Um, uh, with, yeah. With, yeah, with Natasha Romanoff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sad that I guess things didn't work out with Betty after all. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, no, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I and, thought, and, I thought the, for, for the two people who were probably working in the most closest proximity to each other, at least according to his ailment. Yes. Yeah, it made sense yeah. to me. And, yeah, man, and if you go back to the first one, that stuff is evident in their first encounter. Mm-hmm. I, you know, again, watching that movie again last night, that first scene in the original Avengers, one of my favorite scenes in the whole film is when she corners Ruffalo, you know, and, of course, the, the place is surrounded, and, of course, he knows it. But there's some, there's some good sexual tension in that scene. I, th- I thought they paid it off. I think the Hulk has always been somewhat well done, at least – the look of the character. I actually enjoyed Ang Lee's film. I enjoyed Edward Norton's film. Oh, well, not Edward Norton, Norton's film, but I enjoyed both of those for what they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's too bad Ruffalo doesn't have his own flick because uh, I would much rather watch yes. that than a Thor 3 because they're missing out on a lot of the fun, oh. brutish humor you could get <clears throat> from Thor. You could get a lot of really good, barbaric, hilarious stuff. But uh, they they hint at some of that in the diner in the first movie, and then he's Mr. Cool again. Um, but I, I would I would rather see a Hulk movie than uh, another Captain America or Thor. I, I I will say this movie really had me wishing I'd seen an, a standalone Hulk film with Ruffalo. Yeah, uh, it, it really. Uh, I'm gonna and I'm gonna add to this and I'm gonna add to the chorus of everybody else on the internet by saying I would love to have seen a an origin movie of Black Widow. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, the Black Widow character um, is great, and, and and of course all the flashbacks in this movie just make you want it all the more. Yes, yeah, it did. Know. Especially uh, when you find it. out how it ties in with Hawkeye, you're like, oh man, I wish I could see that story. <laughs> so, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 it's fine. I mean, anyone else uh, have a problem with Hulk, or were they fine with how Hulk was handled? Uh, 
Oh, no, I, I was actually you know, really happy with Hulk because, you know, <clears throat> throughout these movies, um, you, you know, Hulk, he has to control his anger, and I know that's not easy to do. And obviously, while he needs to kind of, uh, while he needs to really control his anger, he needs a little something happy in his life. And like, <laughs> and I like what Scott said, it's too bad it didn't work out with Betty after all. So, you know, it's kind of nice to actually see that. And you did get a little hint of that in the, uh, in the first Avenger. So I wasn't surprised that they kind of explored deeper into that in the sequel. I like how um, Scott Johansson, um, Natasha Romanoff, there you go, how she is the one that would sing him the lullaby, how he is pretty much her like, like okay, calm down, breathe in now, breathe in now. And how they even said himself, like, um, you know, she's not even very open, but, you know, around him, she is. So she's it's all like the two seeds. Yeah, so like when the two of them are together, they're like a different person. So I thought how they handled Hulk was very cool. Mm -hmm. And, of course, when Iron Man had to try to calm him down, that one scene with the Hulk buster, that was sweet, too. But <laughs> gotta sleep, I did gotta love sleep, the... gotta sleep, gotta sleep. <laughs> yeah, that, that was funny. Don, uh, you were going to say something uh, about the whole Natasha yeah, Romanoff. Banner. I, I, you know, I've really been kind of giving this a lot of this particular issue a lot of thought. Oh, um, give it to me, Don. Tell me, please. It's You know, I'm not sure which character they were trying to sexualize and objectify more. <laughs> or, I mean, really, they were both relegated to love interest and not much more. Mm -hmm. They were the Zoe and Wash. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yes. Oh my god, you, you, really, you really nailed it there. That I, Now that you mention that. I... I enjoyed it. It made sense, but it took away a lot of strength from both characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I will say that I I felt it took something. It actually took something away for me from the Black Widow character. I um, I you know, and I disagree with this just a little respectfully, of course. Of course, uh, that's and, uh, the, fine. Is is that is that because I think that that's. You know, part of the uh, thing about these movies, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I mentioned again, is like I love superheroes because I love the ideals that they represent. I mean, I get as much from, like, uh, the ideals of uh, superheroes as most people get from the pulpit on Sunday. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm very serious about that. And, yeah. uh, and I think that it, they have the thing, it's almost kind of like that moment, um, and it's kind of like similar... You can contrast that with the uh, wonderful safe house sequence with Hawkeye, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Um, is that, you know, yeah, they're having this relationship develop, and either, both of them are terrified of it because they know who they are. They know Black Widow sees herself as a monster. Hulk sees himself as a monster. Uh, they have all this shit going on. And... Um, I think it's the idea. What else are we fighting for? Yeah. You know what? If it's not for you know finding strength in one another, uh, finding love in one another, uh, having some sense of harmony and purpose in one another, what else are we fighting for? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And, I kind of, and, I, and so and so I kind of liked that they were able to ex 
that two of the that are two of probably arguably the most darkest uh, Avengers, the ones with the darkest backgrounds, would find strength in each other and be willing to do this. But uh, you know, it's still kind of unrequited. You know, I kind of liked that. I thought and, it was good, and, and, and I thought they both got got their good action sequences too. And, and I absolutely agree, but that, that doesn't change the point that they were still both relegated to simply love interest. Really, you don't think, you don't think he has a lot of scenes with Iron Man going over the science and stuff? Okay. Oh, absolutely. Here's, here's I thought thing. he did, and I thought, and oh, I thought, oh, and I thought oh, Black Widow guys. did too with oh, the motorcycle. Hold on, go ahead, Glenn. What are you going to say? Kind of tie into Dawn. I don't think the Hulk was neutered. I think Bruce Banner was neutered. This is a guy who, 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 you know, keeps the Hulk at bay, you know, by, by, you know, maintaining, you know, that thing. But the character of Bruce Banner has no freaking spine at all. <laughs> Tony Serkis goes, build this. Well, it sounds like a bad idea. Do it. Okay. And then again. <laughs> build it again. Well, I don't know. Do it. Okay. <laughs> and then Stark calls him out on it and asks him, you know, seriously, you roll over on your belly or – World belly up every time somebody says boo. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're absolutely right. Banner did seem strong in the first one. Paul, would you say you've been a little quiet on this debate? But uh, would you say Banner? Uh, I, I now that you mention it, yeah, he seemed Banner seemed weaker in this film than he did in the first one. Very definitely, he he was uh, a much weaker character. Uh, also, too, it just because of that whole. You, you see him a lot of times kind of like in this kind of fetal hugging position of himself and and he's doubting himself throughout most of the movie which I don't know I just it I didn't like that I'm uh, also I, I thought the the love relationship was just it was too perfect it was like I expected it because it was all set up perfectly and they were the only characters left that didn't seem to have any kind of relationship <laughs> and and so they had to put them together and i just thought it wasn't it wasn't very necessary i, I just I, and and besides i'm a big bruce and betty you know <laughs> i've always i've always liked that relationship so it was it was really hard for me to watch and it was like you know when you when you watch a movie and, and you're like no the the relationships are all all screwed up. Don't don't go there. And that's how I felt throughout the whole movie. Even though I knew it was perfectly set up that it was that they are perfect for each other. It just felt like it just felt wrong. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. And Paul, you touched on something. That the whole his, his demeanor, how he you know he's like always in that fetal position. I think that would have only worked if we hadn't seen the first movie mm. where he that whole scene where he's like, oh. I'm always angry. Exactly. That's not the guy, same guy who's going to curl up into the fetal position and be like, you know, nope, 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 not going to get mad. Nope, I, I, I'll, build, I'll build a giant death robot for you. Is it time I, for Code Green? <laughs> yeah. I can, I can see if he was like that after the Scarlet Witch incident, but he was like that before, before yeah. the Scarlet Witch. If, you, if it was after the Scarlet Witch incident, I could see him kind of crawling back like that, but it was before that that he was still showing those characteristics too. Maybe if he would have went, he would have like we would have had a report of him going nuts and taking out half of like a city. Then I would believe him like trying to scale back. But they didn't even mention that he might have been that destructive. They just kind of, you know. They, no, they as a matter of fact, they specifically mentioned that after Scarlet Witch had played with his mind, that was the first time that the public had seen 
what the Hulk is really like. Exactly. So it was just like, ah. Right. And and I had to, th- I had to think about that for a bit because I was like, well, wait a minute, what about Harlem at the end of Incredible Hulk? And then I kind of thought, I guess he was kind of fighting another monster. Okay, I get it. <laughs> he was fighting aliens and another monster. But that's what I love about you guys. Everybody has a different opinion. They see things differently. But I, I, I did felt like, I feel like they could have done a relationship between them, but not gone the full, full all-in love thing with ha- it. In all honesty, because it, it did for me. I, I have to side with Dawn on this. That it, it took away from me, and and the sexualization of, of the characters uh, is you know there as well. But just the making it full bore love, like a relationship, like hey, we're all in, chips in type of thing didn't quite do it for me. It it makes sense. Don't get me wrong. In the movie, you look at it, you go, okay, I see where they're coming from. But at the same point, for me, they didn't have to do that. They could have accomplished that a different way. And it would have kept the characters stronger, I think. I like the heart that it added to it. One thing about the Hulk thing, did you hear uh, about the alteration they made to that uh, fight scene after the fact? Originally... Um, it was going to be Grey Hulk. He was going to be Grey Hulk, and then they decided now they want to see the Green Hulk, and they would have had that way they would have had both the Grey and the Green Hulk, and mm-hmm. they said at the last minute they said, "Oh, okay, now you know what? Just let's just make them green. Right? They want to see green, you know." So <laughs> I thought that would have been an interesting. I mean, I don't know. I think that the I think that the overall impact would have been negligible, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it would have been interesting. And and here's where I have to debate with you a little bit, Scott, with the heart thing. You already had the heart thing with Hawkeye and his family. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you, you want that heart feeling in the movie. You got that with Hawkeye and his family already. You don't also need it with Scar, with, with Romanoff and Banner. It gave them something. It, it gave them, uh, you know how I talk about the ideals of the heroes and stuff. It gave them an ideal to strive towards. It. I mean, because they're thinking like they're already thinking in the beginning, like we can't do this. This is impossible. Then they get put like, well, and you know, Black Widow probably actually kind of secretly knew it's actually not impossible. I kind of know about this, uh, but then they get seen it, and the entire audience gets to see. Actually, it's not impossible. Right. It's that this is this is something that you know, uh, not to set not to sound like one of those terrible. Uh, a Sarah Jessica Parker movies, but you really can have it all. Um, <laughs> the, uh... Here's the thing, though. Your motivation, the motivation I always picked up, at least from Romanoff doing this, wasn't so much love and wanting to fight for, you know, because uh, I actually have something now. It was for redemption for the stuff that she had did in the past, and that's where she got her strength from was, was because she was trying to uh, make up for her dark past and Banner making up for his... Uh, you know the fact that he does have this side that can go off and and explode at any moment. Um, you know, for me, I, I always thought that was their main motivation for for trying to do the good um, and and being that. So I guess for the love for me, I I just didn't see the need for it. I I understand it and and I see everyone's opinion, but for me, it, it took away a bit from the characters for me, a, a bit with it um, because I didn't think it was quite necessary um, and. And yeah, do we have to have the heart dialogue with Hawkeye and 
they're gods and they need me. I was like, oh great, do we have? I, Captain, I do love we have Captain. Do we have Captain Planet here? Um, I, no, love, I love. I loved that because because you know how many times you know and it's. I think it, they actually did some really clever stuff before the release of the movie. I don't know if anybody saw that <sighs> awesome bit that Jeremy Renner did on the Fallon oh, show. Oh, with the singing, the singing yeah, was, the, was oh, fantastic. But I mean, like the. Um, is like that's the that's the joke, right? You know, okay, why you got all these people? Why do you need Black Widow or Hawkeye who don't have any superpowers or anything like that? This is why. Right. This is exactly why. And I and I I actually liked that. I thought I, I, guess I thought that, just, that was important. I guess that just falls back to me though, realizing that you don't need to spell it out in the dialogue. We get the point without him having. Oh, to I think you need actually to spell it out because it was because no. it because it, it, it was because it's been an ongoing joke for years. Well, yeah, I, I, I guess, but for me, I guess I just didn't like the bit of dialogue. It felt like it was a line from Captain Planet. I'm heart. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but it's getting late. I know, uh, and it's getting a little long. But I just want to talk about real quick the extra characters that we've added, and um, you know where they're gonna go with the next. And, and they've got the plan out, but my problem with Ultron is they're trying to set it up for the rest of the phase, including Civil War. But in all honesty, I, I felt a little bit of the conflict between Iron Man and Captain America. I would have liked to see a little bit more of that than the little scene with the axe chopping. Um, maybe we're just in two early stages, but just in general with the new characters, are, do we look at the new Avengers? Are we not going to have – are they planning not to have Stark and Captain America – uh, possibly for Infinity Wars, or are they going to take a back burner to the Vision and Scarlet Witch? Oh, no and... way. No way. <laughs> if they could, you know, uh, and honestly, I would actually like to see them rely less on Tony Stark in future movies, just simply mm -hmm. because I don't want it to turn into what Fox has done with X-Men, where it doesn't matter if it makes sense, Wolverine has to be the character <laughs> of everything. Um, I don't want them to do that because, because, you know, we love the Tony Stark character. Why wouldn't we? It's a great character. Downey does an incredible job with it. But um, I do think that there's no way they're going to, like, just go on with that puny little team we see at the end. No offense, like, that's kind of a shitty Avengers team you got there. Now. It was too bad. But between them and the cameos, now. I don't know. It, was it too many? I mean, we've already talked about it being dense, but did they need to put in all the cameos in no. this film? Mm -hmm. No, I, it, I was, mean, it was. It was trying to give the the. It was the super team up movie, and they were trying to give the the audience what they thought they wanted. But I'm like, guys, okay, you can scale back a little bit. You know, you don't need to cram in everything. I mean, uh -oh. I mean, and then they talk. Everybody was kind of complaining. Oh, Loki was supposed to be in this. I'm like, I'm glad they didn't put that scene yeah. in there because <laughs> it was like, it was like we're rolling out the entire cast of Marvel Universe, including Agents of Shield and Peggy Carter. And I'm right. like, you where's know, Thanos? And where's? Oh God. Okay, <laughs> since we're near the end of the podcast, folks. That cutscene, <laughs> the mid-credit cutscene. There's like explosion on the internet. Everybody had, as I called, uh, used the term earlier in an online uh, thread, uh, superhero bukkake over, <laughs> um, over this cutscene. 
which I thought was probably the lamest cutscene <laughs> you could have yeah. for a film. I'm like, ooh, he has the gauntlet. Didn't see that. It's uh, yeah, it, it's the it's the exact same cutscene what we saw at the end of Masters of the Universe. <laughs> Dude, that scene there, there with Skeletor coming up. A it's the same thing. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Text from superheroes. Yes. Talking about Thanos. I forget who was talking to him. They're like, you know, the person's like, you know, so you you have like his figures. No, no, I don't have any of those yet. Well, why are people scared of you? I I have no idea. All I do is sit around and float in this chair all day. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's, uh, and now he has a glove with no stones in it. I, I yeah. you, you know, I mean, out of cutscenes, Cole, out of cutscenes that we've had pre, you know, end of credits. Marvel has a history of it. Yeah, the, that scene really didn't do anything for me, did it? At the end of, of this film. Of this film, yes. You know what? The both times I saw it, the theater was so packed, man. I I couldn't stay. I mean. It was everything I could do to get out to the parking lot. So I usually, <laughs> it really was. I mean, I couldn't even sit with the people I went with. Sure. Right. So I just waited for DVD. I know I, I uh, am a fanboy, believe it or not. I am like, my, I love comics, but when it comes to after a two and a half hours, I usually have to pee. You know? <laughs> I missed it, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Paul, what about you? The, that that ends mid-credit scene, really, out of all the mid-credit scenes we've had in the Marvel Universe, I, I honestly think that's probably the lamest one. I didn't like it. I, I really wanted to see, like, either somebody being bit by a radioactive spider or <laughs> something like that, but I knew they, they couldn't quite do it yet. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's still, honestly, though, it's still better than Howard the Duck. Oh, come on. I like that. I like, I like Howard, the, Howard duck, the Duck, but I don't line. like the Howard the Duck that they showed at the end of that movie. Oh, okay, I got you. I got that you. was a horrible have, Howard the Duck. It would have been great if they would have had the practical Howard the Duck back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have been really cool. Or have him cool. actually wielding the Infinity Gauntlet. That would be awesome. <laughs> 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 Tony, how did you feel about the mid-credits sequence? That actually, I, I felt I regretted staying till the mid credit sequence because that was kind of lackluster for me. What about you? <clears throat> well, I mean, it's just something a little small. The you know the movie ends. You you only have to really go through all the end credits for like maybe like fifty seconds, and then you see that little end credits scene. Um, I mean, I like seeing Thanos. That could just be me because I just love watching these superhero movies, and I always love sure. seeing little things. Like the littlest things can just. Put a smile on my face, you know. Hmm. That could just be me being like, "Oh yes, I love superheroes." But yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. But I could see your point, and a, a lot of you uh, like uh, like it taking you out. I don't think it is necessary, but you know, I liked it. It was cool to see Thanos, and you know, it just sets up for what's to come for Infinity Wars in a yeah. few years from now. Now, I'll, let me let me put my get off the lawn moment, and it's something that we talked about. Uh, Scott and I did on his show. If yeah. I didn't know that the Marvel Universe was planned out till 2100, <laughs> and I didn't know the Infinity Wars was actually going to happen, I will say the glove scene probably would have had more impact because then it would have been, 
oh my god, they're doing the Infinity Wars. <laughs> yes. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you could see it hinted and set up, but if you didn't know they were actually going to make that film in three or four years, that scene probably would have had more impact for me because it would have been, oh, we are going there. You, you know? Um, I, I, and for me, but... It, again, it, this all falls in line with them having this planned out so long and who's going to be cast and what that it takes a little bit of that mystery away or that a little bit of excitement for me because I'm like, yeah, you know, okay, you know, that it's I just actually, saw I am. It, it's actually know. the reason I don't even look up the cast lists of the next <laughs> Marvel movies because mm-hmm. I don't want to know. I mean, I didn't know any of these people were going to be in this Marvel movie. I don't. Sure. I still don't know for sure who's going to be in Civil War because I didn't want to know in advance right. because, you know, and you can kind of get that if you don't have TV hooked up because you can kind of remain <laughs> ignorant, which is nice. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but exactly. the, but you know the um, and you know people criticize you, but you're a film geek. You want to be kept in the dark. I'm like, yeah, because I want to enjoy the film. I, you, <laughs> you, want, you want a little bit of that mystery, and I I just think that mid credit sequence for me would have been more exciting had I not known they were doing Infinity Wars. Well, they're doing. I, Infinity I would actually Wars? agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, Cole. They they announced. What? The, yeah, oh, arts, that's two awesome. arts. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yes, it, what are it, 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 it does rock, but it's the fact wow. that they, they announced, Marvel announced that like five months ago. They had yeah, their game plan. I know, I haven't, I, Kevin Smith <laughs> started to talk about it on a podcast, and I just shut it off. Oh, did uh, you? Oh, I'm that's, sorry. That's I didn't what know. I do now. I don't. I don't I know all that stuff. But uh, I didn't mean wild. to re- spoil it for you in the spoiler. No, no, that's spoiler. great. I would have found out eventually. But, I just. But no. Since it was about to come out, I've been avoiding chat rooms, IMBD, sure. you know, all that stuff. And I'm doing the same with Mad Max, so. Yeah, oh, I've been doing that with Mad Max, too. And I'm going to do that with Star Wars, too, because that trailer, that was enough for me. I'm in. Uh, I'm not going to look at anything else Star Wars or try to avoid it whenever possible, though it is the Internet. And if you belong to any movie group, that that makes it even more of a challenge. Uh, but, yeah, they are doing Infinity War. That That's what they're yeah. leading... That's Dude, what they're leading up to. It's going to week. As two separate movies, no it's less. It's going to be two, two movies, so... But With the original cast or these new characters? Don't, they're not a completely sure, but... Uh, I'm hoping for a, both, because I'm kind of yeah. excited to find out what they're going to do with Vision and Scarlet Witch. I love... They're, they're, they're going to throw badass. If they threw this many characters into a two-hour and 21-minute movie, they're going to throw in everybody that they can completely <laughs> imagine. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised to see the freaking Defenders in that damn movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably yeah. the plan. Yes, it is, I think, actually. Better have Squirrel Girl. Yes, Squirrel Girl. You've got to have Squirrel Girl. Oh, yeah, definitely. But uh, that's a whole other discussion altogether. But... Uh, Age of Ultron, I think we'll wrap it up tonight uh, really quick here, folks. Uh, um, a great discussion, and this is why I love you guys, because everybody had a different perspective on it. A- again, folks, there I don't hate it by any means, and I think everybody here, there, it's not that we don't hate it. It, it was an entertaining film. It was a popcorn film. It, it, was, it was what the trailer kind of showed you mostly. But the problem is you can see the flaws, and you can see where it w- might have been trying to go more, and I guess for me, 
I felt like Disney had its breathing down Joss's neck saying, uh, no, you can't do that, where it felt like he wanted to do something more, I guess, uh, for me. And they said, oh, yeah, by the way, you got to throw in all these cameos because they're under contract. Uh, so, <laughs> um, uh, final thoughts on, on what you would like, what, what your expectation is. Do you think uh, this is – did this get you excited for Phase 3? Cole, I think you answered it already, but why don't you just go again? Uh, just uh, – you enjoyed no. Age of Ultron. Did this get you excited, though, for Phase 3? It did. It did. And, and I'll be quick. I mean, the, the majority of this cast were among my favorite actors before they took these roles. Mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo, uh, Downey Jr., both of whom were in Zodiac. Uh, you know, yes. a lot of these people. James Spader. I mean, a lot of these. I just to see this film and have that kind of talent in this kind of movie is something mm-hmm. that I honestly never thought I would see in my lifetime. Sure. And knowing that these guys are not going to be doing these movies much longer mm-hmm. is, it makes it really, I mean, I was, I'm not going to say I was crying, but a lot <laughs> like Dark Knight Rises, which was good to me because it completed a, I mean, I just, I, it, it, I left the theater a little emotional. I thought, you know what? I've made it as a comic book fan. I'm, I'm 36 years old. I just watched Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk and Robert Downey Jr. as fucking Iron Man for the fifth time. <laughs> Even Christopher Reeves. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel very fortunate, and I'm glad I'm alive right now to, as, a, as a film goer, really. Sure. And uh, Don, Don, what about you? Age of Ultron, did it get you interested in what they're going to do with Phase 3? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, aside from the nitpicking, you know, little bits of this and that that I wasn't 100% sold on, but it was still a thoroughly enjoying film and uh, very much excited for for Phase 3 and, and seeing what they're going to do and how they're going to tie it together and hoping it's not too overwhelming. Glenn, what about you? Uh... Yeah, I'm still looking forward to it. I mean, just, just because I don't think this movie was perfect doesn't mean I, I'm done with, you know, all of this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wasn't saying you were, but I, I just was... Well, and the thing is, too, is, I mean, I love Joss Whedon. I do. But, you know what? Not every episode of Buffy was great. No, <laughs> no, um, and and no one's going to make everything that that's going to you. You're not going to watch something from everyone. I haven't met a person, well, met or watched any director yet where I've gone. Every single thing he's done has been brilliant. Right. I mean, there are some, like like Whedon, where I'm like, you know, I at least would say it was good. Mm-hmm. But not everything is great, and it's it's right. not going to be. So just because this one wasn't, just one wasn't, you know, I didn't freaking, you know, you know, get a sport of Woody that you know touched the moon doesn't mean I'm going to give up on all of this. So, um, Thanks for that. So you know, I'm I'm still looking forward forward to what's coming next. Paul, what about you, sir? Uh, phase three has gotten me interested in phase three. Uh, it's, it's the announcement of all the all the movies because I know the characters that are coming up, and that's what's exciting me about sure. three. Uh, this movie is just a glue for me. This is this is what kind of basically ties the universe together for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't push me into phase three at all, but it keeps me, you know, at least uh, grounded so that I'm not flying off completely thinking, oh, phase three is going to be like, oh. 
and then suddenly going, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, Scott, what about you? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, despite, you know, the criticisms and stuff, uh, I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was a little cramped is all, but I thought it was a very good movie. Um, the... I I love as I've mentioned I just love superheroes and you know what I think you know Cole just said it so eloquently and perfectly uh it's, well yeah man I mean it's it's that I mean I think it's amazing if you appreciate these characters as much as some of us do to be able to see them made flesh and so and, and have the payoff be so good, and you know it's done by the people who have actually developed the characters for years. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, you kidding me? This is freaking incredible. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm totally into Phase Three, and uh, also as uh, Paul said, uh, you know, I'm really into seeing all the characters that we're going to get in Phase Three, uh, and also in the next phase. You know, we're They've already talked about doing, you know, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, uh, Marvel. And, you know, it's freaking incredible. Yeah, I'm on board. (laughs) I'm on board for this thing. You know what? I'm going to be doing this, I think. And I'm sure that, you know what? No one's going to be able to keep this up forever. I mean, it's so so amazing they've been able to keep it up this far. So I know there's going to be bumps in the road, and there's going to be probably a couple ones where I'm underwhelmed. I don't care. I'm in it for the long haul. <laughs> Tony. Overall, I really did have a blast with Age of Ultron. Yes, it may not be a perfect movie. Yes, it may not be as good as the Avengers, but you know what? I don't care. You know, for what Josh Sweden did, for what he was able to accomplish, because like what Scott pointed out, it's hard to work with so many actors to bring uh, to life all of these characters, work with them all at once. You know, the movie could have been twice as more bloated, you know, if it was done wrong. But Joss, I think he had the right hands to be able to keep the movie tight. Yeah. I, I still, I had a, um, you know, I had a really great time with the action. I love where the storyline was going. And um, even though I wish that the, all the Phase 3 movies was announced after, hmm. I would say, Ant-Man came out, you know, that would have been nice. I would agree with uh, Mark there. I still thought Age of Ultron is a nice way to set up for Civil War, for Infinity War, and for the upcoming Marvel movies we're going to get. So Age of Ultron, very worthy sequel. I was very entertained. I was definitely very pleased for this being my anticipated movie for the year and of the summer. And I and I and like I said, I, I may sound like an ass and nitpicky on it. I did enjoy this film on the whole. Age of Ultron, I was entertained. It, Joss Whedon has this knack of handling multiple characters well mm-hmm. and he he gave everybody something to do um you know even even with the little bits that I problems I had with some of the relationships everybody at least had some kind of purpose in here you, you know even the cameos I I will say I didn't expect War Machine and uh Falcon to be in it as much as they did I thought they would just oh hi but they actually were doing <laughs> part of the plan you, you know I mean he, he got everybody involved which is not easy to do especially with a film with this many characters so for what he was given he accomplished a lot of things in it no it isn't a perfect film there were problems that I had with it but I still was entertained at the end of the movie laughed when I was supposed to laugh 
And I am looking forward to the Phase 3 films just because of the type of films they're going to do. Black Panther, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, y- you know, those those films. Uh, Civil War is going to be interesting I uh, because uh, Marvel hasn't really – don't. I might be wrong, but Marvel really hasn't done dark, dark yet. Like, like dark. And we're heading into that territory, especially with Infinity Wars, if anybody's familiar with Infinity Wars at all. Um, so, well, also the Civil War thing, I mean, just I'm just saying, like, you know, and we kind of got a hint of it in this movie. Uh, Tony's kind of becoming more a little bit more like he is in the comic books. And honestly, get... Be prepared for a lot of old Iron Man fans to say, "Man, he's a dick," <laughs> <laughs> which he's supposed to be. So, I mean, it is amazing Marvel has been able to do what they did. Um, I'm gonna say the one final thing though. This was the one though where, if I felt like this was the first movie out of all of them to where you either had to be up on the comics or you had to have watched all the TV shows as well uh, to catch all all of the little winks and nudges they were giving, and it's the first time I felt like that with a Marvel film. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, it's just one of those things where it's, they're, they're, these movies are getting to the kind of the point now, though, where you, you at least need to know some about the prior movies in order to catch up with everything, I think, and, and, and catch everything that they're putting in the film, but... Anyway, that's just my opinion. I, I hope everybody enjoyed our discussion on this. Let's pimp our stuff really quick. Let's go down uh, the opposite way tonight. Tony, go ahead first. Where can they find your stuff at? First, uh, tell me. First, tell me. <laughs> uh, the Iron Man mask. Ugh. Yeah. Well, you guys, you know me. If you want to find me, you could go to my channel at youtube.com slash 22tigerdude. You could. You can follow me on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash 22tigerdude. Follow me on my, on my Twitter um, at twitter.com slash tigerdude22. And then my Instagram at 22tigerdude. And, and, didn't you, and how did you feel about James Spader's Ultron? You know what? I thought he was fucking awesome. Thank you. There it is. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Mark. You're welcome. Scott, go ahead, pimp yourself. Well, I don't know if I mentioned it yet, but I have a site <laughs> called moviocrity.com. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And it's got every it's got pretty much everything that I do. I don't I try to update it a few times a week. I don't always do it, but I write reviews, I post all the podcasts that people are nice enough to have me on. I post other stuff too, and uh, yeah, it's moviocrity.com. There's also my web series, Moviocrity, which I recommend looking up on Vimeo since YouTube has gotten all like axe happy and trying to like chop them up, <laughs> uh, like cut and cut them from the channel. So, uh, yeah, moviocrity.com is your first stop, and if you want to see all the episodes of the series, go to vimeo.com/moviocrity. Awesome, Paul, go ahead. I'd like to be on moviocrity.com, but uh, you can actually find me at forsakenfilmreviews.wordpress.com. Awesome. Well, you, know, <laughs> you, you, know, you, know, you know, paying that extra bit to WordPress, it, it's, it's not all that great. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, how about you, sir? We're both on WordPress. All right, you can find me on YouTube at Naked Hobo Productions and the B-Movie Bunker. You can find me... On my own site, nakedhobo.com backslash blog. You can find me on Facebook under Naked Hobo Productions. You can also find me on the other podcasts I do, The Film Jerks 
Astro Radio Z, and the gaming podcast I do, Adventure Party. Yes, yes, Adventure Party. People, check that out. Great podcast for those who are into gaming. Uh, fantastic episodes there. Uh, cool that you get to be on that, Glenn. Um, and then, Dawn, how about you? You can find me at intheaudience.net. Awesome. And Cole? Facebook, uh, on my page, Horror Roar, or Shadows and Lovers Productions, where there's going to be some stuff about an upcoming film, and actually a bunch of upcoming films. And uh, you want to talk movies? Friend me, Cole Meredith. I that's all I do is talk movies all day, every day. <laughs> Hunt me down. Let's let's talk movies. And that's what we do here in the spoiler room is talk movies. Hope you've enjoyed our Age of Ultron discussion. Uh, find all the old episodes either on iTunes or at SpecialMarkProductions.com. As always, there's links for all these fantastic people who uh, are kind enough to come on the show and talk movies with us here in the spoiler room where we spoil the movies but the conversation's definitely fresh. <laughs> <laughs>